the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Tremble, we bow down, we fast, we mourn, we separate ourselves from unholiness, offering a sacrifice of praise.
Jude, the first chapter, to the ones called having been made holy by God the Father and having been kept by Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, exercising every conceivable diligence to write to you concerning our common salvation. I had a compelling obligation to write to you, summoning you to strenuous effort. Strenuous effort on behalf of the faith, once for all handed over to the holy ones, for certain men sneaked in, the ones already having been written about for this judgment, ungodly men who are perverting the grace of our God into lustful indulgence, and they are denying the only sovereign God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to recall, you once knowing this, that the Lord, having saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward he brought to ruin the ones not having believed. And so the angels, not having kept their own domain, but having abandoned their own positions, he has kept an eternal bond under the darkness for judgment with respect to the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities surrounding them, having indulged in immorality, having gone after different flesh, in a similar manner to these angels. They lie before all as an example, undergoing penalty of eternal fire. Jude the half-brother of Jesus. I come very sober today. I come heartbroken. I got up early in the morning hours, about 3 a.m., came in the prayer room, And all I could do was was weep before God for America. More than half, it looks like, of the votes counted so far. Those voters voted for a candidate who stands firmly 
for the abortion of babies. Some states even approving late-term abortion. The same 50% of the voting population. They agree with striking down religious liberty in America. This 50% of the American population agreeing with socialism and communism, with casting our Constitution in the trash heap, with destroying the Bill of Rights, with taking out the Second Amendment. These vast numbers of Americans have sold themselves into utter darkness. Their lifestyle is that of the world, the flesh, and the devil. They are not Christians. Now, I trust Jesus to bring forth the candidate that he chooses to be president. If Donald Trump is victorious, we will have a little more time. If Mr. Biden is chosen as president, America will go down very, very quickly. I leave that in the hands of the Lord. That's not, that's not my business. Yes, as a citizen, I voted. But I'm talking about a spiritual man. That all belongs in the hands of the Lord. But I see that America indeed has become Sodom and Gomorrah with violence and thuggery, with robbing, stealing, murder. We're in trouble. And I'm calling you today to strenuous effort for the kingdom of God. That's how Jude put it. Strenuous effort for the faith. I know many of you who listen to this broadcast are utterly sold out for Jesus. You don't walk in any known rebellion or sin against him. I praise God for you. You're the ones I began to pray for this morning. That the Lord would protect you and carry you and provide for you. Because we are, as a nation facing very, very severe judgment. For we are Sodom and Gomorrah. That troubles my heart beyond measure to the point all I could do is sit and weep before the Lord. How do I even begin to deal with this? 
again, it's not for me about which candidate wins. For me, it's about the vast majority of Americans. The vast majority of Americans, even those who voted in part for Donald Trump, are utterly wicked and sold out to darkness, walking in rebellion and sin, and thinking it is of no matter, of no consequence. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. We're in trouble. And we will see fire and storm. We will see war. We will see pestilence. I'm praying that the judgments of God upon America will not be unto destruction, but unto repentance. So I am praying first and foremost for those of you who are sold out to Jesus, that you would be protected from the judgments that are about to fall upon America. And then secondly, I'm praying for Americans that the judgments that will fall will bring them to repentance, that Americans will not harden their hearts in their religiosity or in their paganism and turn aside from Almighty God. I love America. I love the American people. I don't want to see people die. Abraham, our father, was sitting one time at noon. And suddenly, near to him, appeared three men. He immediately leaped to his feet because he recognized these men. Abraham was a friend of God. He recognized one of them was was Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ. He hurried to them. He bowed down to the ground before them. And he said in Genesis 18, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servants by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried to the tent and he asked Sarah to get about 20 quarts of flour and to make bread bread without yeast. For yeast in the Old Testament was the symbol of sin, and he knew 
These were heavenly beings that had come in the form of men. He recognized Jesus. Obviously, he'd seen him before. He selected a choice calf, and he gave it to a servant to prepare. And then when the meal was ready, and it took some time, how long does it take to butcher a calf and prepare the meat and cook it, bake the bread? It takes some time. He brought the curds and milk and the calf and the bread, and he put it before the men, and they sat and ate together. He didn't eat with them. He stood at a distance to wait upon them. After they'd eaten, the Lord said, Where's your wife, Sarah? He said, She's there in the tent. And the Lord said, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. He'd been waiting for years for a son. Now the Lord is saying she will have a son. Sarah's listening at the flap of the tent. She begins to laugh. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Well, when they were finished eating, the men, they stood, and the two men left. And Abraham walked along with the Lord. And the Lord said to himself, Shall I hide this from Abraham, what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. It's clear sin will block God from doing what he wants to do for you. There can be no sin if you want the will of the Lord Jesus to be exercised in your life. The same is true for a nation. When a nation sins against God as America sinned, then God cannot do for that nation what he desires. They walk along in silence, and finally Jesus speaks. The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. In other words, he's the judge. He knows what's happening. So Abraham 
stands before the Lord and his heart is moved with compassion. And he says, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? What if there are 50 righteous people, Jesus, in Los Angeles or San Francisco or New York City? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people in it? And Jesus answered, Far be it from from me. If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham speaks up again. Now that I've been so bold to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less? Will you destroy the whole city because of five less people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Well, what if there are only 40 are found? He said, for the sake of 40, I'll not do it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if there are only 30? I will not do it if I find 30 there. Finally, it comes down, Abraham negotiating with God. I want you to see Abraham is not negotiating for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. They deserve to die. And this is Old Testament. He's negotiating with God for the righteous. That's why I've been crying out to God this morning. For the righteous, for those of you who truly follow Jesus and are sold out. That you would not be swept away. For we are going to see California swept away. Washington, Oregon will be swept away. Nevada, Colorado, Arizona, they're going to be swept away. God's judgment is coming. And I'm saying, oh, Lord, would that judgment be under repentance for those places and for America? But especially would you Guard the lives of your precious ones who live there. I know righteous men and women who live in those places. And I'm saying, oh God, will you protect the people who are righteous? The Lord finished speaking with Abraham. I wish I knew all that was said, but I don't. He left walking toward Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, Sodom and Gomorrah, two cities with other smaller cities. There were not states in that time. There were city-states. Each area had their own king, their own army. Sodom and Gomorrah. 
very wicked city-state. Two angels, they arrived first, Sodom in the evening. Lot was sitting at the gateway of the city, and when he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground, and he said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house. Spend the night, wash your feet. Then in the morning you can go on your way. He has no idea what these two angelic beings have come to do. Look, let's not be surprised. God is going to once more send angelic beings to America to bring judgment upon our wicked nation because of the actions we have taken against him inciting with the kingdom of darkness. We are so accustomed in America to mixing light and dark. Churches are filled with light and dark. A little word of God and a great deal of entertainment. A little word of God, some pablum, some baby food. And then paid concerts. Jokes, socializing, without humility, without, without recognizing who Jesus really is. Teaching that a man cannot leave his sin. That a man is always bound by his wickedness, but it's covered, it's imputed righteousness. This utter foolishness will destroy America because God hates sin. And there must be a great a great work of repentance done in this nation. I'm saying, Lord, what would you have me do? My heart is breaking for America. It's the greatest nation that's ever been on the face of the earth. It's the finest nation that's ever been on the face of the earth, but it is turned to utter wickedness. So the two angels, they go with Lot to his house. Bread is prepared without yeast. They have a dinner together. But before they've gone to bed, the scriptures say that men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. Demonstrations, protests, thuggery. And they call to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us. Bring them out to us. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door. No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. He negotiates with these wicked men, evil men, heart of heart, bitter men, angry men, self-righteous men. 
He says, don't do anything to these men, for they've come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. This fellow came here as an alien, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. And they moved forward to try to break down the door. The men inside reached out and pulled Laud back into the house, and they shut the door, and then they struck the men with, with blindness so that they could not find the door. Some translations probably more accurate than this say they didn't strike them just with blindness, but they struck them with confusion. They couldn't find the door. The two men say to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, sons-in-laws, daughters or daughters, or any sons of daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out, because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. The Lord is going to send angels to destroy America. We have become Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm praying, O oh God, would you raise up in this nation voices, prophets, preachers, men and women who will pray and who will proclaim a standard of righteousness in this nation that America could have one last chance to repent. Many, many, most Americans have never heard the true gospel of Jesus. They've heard a false gospel, and they scorn it, and they've turned aside from it. The next morning, Lot went out, and he spoke to his prospective sons-in-laws who were pledged to marry his daughters, he said, hurry, get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. They didn't take him seriously. I pray, O oh God, do whatever you have to do to make America take you seriously. For I know your judgment is going to fall on this nation. There is no way now to avoid it. The judgment is declared. Now the question is, will it be a judgment unto destruction now, or will it be a, a judgment unto repentance now? And I'm saying, oh God, let it be a judgment for repentance. And protect those righteous men and women who love you with all of their hearts. Protect their families. Lord, call them out of the places of danger. Speak to them. Send angels to lead them out. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, 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 take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand, 
in the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city. For the Lord was merciful to them. The Lord was merciful to them. I am praying for God's mercy for you, for your family. I'm sure Lot had time only to load a donkey with a few things. He was about to lose everything. All of his wealth was going to be swept away. His animals, his livestock would all be burned. This whole valley was like the Valley of Egypt. It was beautiful. He had chosen the best for himself, I'm sure, because his wife loved Egypt. And she wanted to live in this place. But Lot's heart was troubled beyond beyond belief. His heart was so troubled by the daily violence and wickedness he would see. Lot said to them, No, no, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me, and I'll die. Look, here's a town near enough to run to, and it's small. Let me flee to it. It's very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. Why isn't Lot saying, Let me escape to my father Abraham? to my uncle. But for some reason, God is not letting him flee to his to his uncle. Lot made the decision to follow his wife to this wicked place. And now it's judgment time. But the angel said, okay, very well, I will grant this request too. But flee there quickly, because I cannot do anything until you reach it. The sun had risen over the land by the time Lot reached Zor. And the Lord, the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. What are you going to do when the news reports say, New York City has fire and brimstone raining down on it. And San Francisco has been destroyed. It's been swept into the sea. Portland, Seattle, L.A., San Diego all swept away into the sea. The waters are even moving into Nevada and Colorado, Arizona. The desert is being covered with seawater. It has sunk many feet. Millions have died. What will you say then? He overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and the vegetation in the land. But as they're fleeing... Lot's wife turns back to look. She'd been directed, do not look back. 
It was not looking back to see what was happening. It was looking back with great anguish of heart because that was her home, and she loved Sodom and Gomorrah. And I have to ask you the question. Do you love Sodom and Gomorrah? Are you compromised with the world? Are you still playing with the video games? Are you still playing with the entertainment of the world? Are you still eating the husks, the straw of Sodom and Gomorrah? Or have you come out and separated yourself and you're touching no unclean thing? I praise God, some of you have separated yourself and you're not touching anything unclean. I praise God for you today. ask those of you who have separated yourself to join me in praying that the judgment that's about to fall on America will not be a judgment unto destruction but a judgment unto repentance for if ever there was a nation who needs to repent It is America. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, I'm sure, after a very restless and tough night. He returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord, and he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and he brought Lot out. But he overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Now there are several places in scripture that talk about this. One of the places is found over here in the book of Second Peter. I'll read for you Second Peter, the second chapter, beginning with verse four. For if God spared not angels after having sinned, but delivered them to chains of dense darkness having held them captive in Tartarus, being kept for judgment and spared not the ancient world, but preserved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, having brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. He condemned with destruction, having reduced them to ashes, having made them an example of things coming to the ungodly and delivered righteous lot. Being oppressed by the conduct and the unchecked immorality of the lawless. For that righteous man dwelling among them by seeing and hearing, his righteous soul was constantly tormented day by day with their lawless deeds. So the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out from temptation and to reserve the unrighteous now being punished for the day of judgment 
but especially the ones going after the flesh in lust and uncleanness, even despising lordship. Very sober. My heart is heavy. I'm brokenhearted for America. We have committed ourselves to judgment. And we're not going to survive that judgment unless that judgment is by the grace and mercy of God unto salvation. Jesus also spoke about about Sodom and Gomorrah. He said at the end of time we're going to be doing the same thing in America that Sodom and Gomorrah did. We're going to be filled with wickedness. Now, Sodom, their sins are listed in the book of Ezekiel. It wasn't just sexual sin. Number one was arrogance. Number two was being overfed, fat, obese. Number three was unconcerned. This is in Ezekiel, the 16th chapter. Didn't care. Cared only about their pleasure and their life. Didn't care about others. Didn't care about the poor. They didn't help the poor. They oppressed them. They were haughty. They thought they were better than everybody else. And they did detestable things before God. They had an abundance of idleness. They had a lot of free time. And they used that free time to sin against Almighty God. And God destroyed them. Let's pray. can do is come before you and plead your mercy. I am so diswrought that so many people in America, the majority of people in America, are no longer Christians. They have bought Satan's lies. They support candidates who hate you. 
who want to strip from the church religious liberty, who approve the murder of babies, who want to bleed the people dry with taxes, who oppose every righteous thing and stand for everything that is evil and dark, for Marxism and communism, for socialism. Lord, they want to destroy this great country that you have established and you have called your own. But Lord, these countless numbers of people have filled wicked cities. And I know your judgment is coming. Lord, I know the way of the Lord must be prepared in America. And so I come doing my part on this small radio station, saying, Lord, show us how to prepare the way of the Lord by our prayers and our witness and our ministry and our, the money that you've given us. Lord, turn us from self-centeredness from haughtiness, from the same sins that Sodom and Gomorrah committed, from uncleanness. Lord, in so many ways, this nation is utterly unconcerned about anything except its own pleasure. Lord, the church is devastated. Some are saying the church building is no longer needed. All we need is someone who will do an online worship service for for our family. Lord, that's not church. Lord, we're in so much trouble in this nation. And I come today to plead your mercy. that you would reveal yourself once again, that you would come in mighty power. I pray that you will protect those righteous men and women across this nation. There are those, Lord, who have utterly sold out, who no longer walk in the ways of wickedness, no longer walk in the way of the world, but but love you with all of their heart. Lord, I pray you will protect your people in this nation. I pray you will hide us from the coming judgments, almighty God. Is anything too hard for you, Jesus? I pray you will send your angels to lead us by the hand to safe havens. places of refuge. Isaiah said to go in and close the door behind you and hide away until the judgments have passed. And Lord, I pray that these judgments that are surely coming, I pray that these judgments would cause men and women to turn in sorrow for their sins. And repent before you. 
I'm asking, Lord, that all corruption in America, in the government, in the lives of government officials, in the church, and in the pastors, I'm asking that all corruption would be exposed, would be uncovered, that nothing would be hidden any longer, that the curtain would be drawn back for everyone to see and know. And Lord, I'm asking for the gift of repentance to be given to America. I'm asking for a great awakening by your Holy Spirit coming and convicting men and women of their sin. Lord, there are men and women listening to this broadcast know now who know they are compromised with sin. They know they are still playing games with wickedness. They're still feasting on the things of darkness, the violent video games. They're still feasting on the violent movies. They're still feasting on on the entertainment of our day. They're cheating. They're lying. They're lying to their husband or to their wife or to their children. Oh, Lord, they've cheated on you. And you see it all. I'm praying for a great spirit of conviction to fall upon this nation and upon this city of Washington, D.C. I pray that the person you've chosen will win this election. I believe your miraculous power will cause what you desire to happen, either for destruction or for a few more years of peace in this country. Lord, I stand by faith that you will have your way and you will be glorified. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As you can tell, I am extremely sober today. I have not been able to find a smile yet. My heart is too broken and too heavy. I pray you will get on your face before God. And you will lead your family in prayer. We're out of time for today. If you believe that this message needs to go out over America... We need the resources to do that. And I'm asking Jesus if he would send them. I'm trusting Jesus. If you'd like to contribute to this ministry and see it reach out across this nation, then would you give? Would you, at the prompting of the Holy Spirit, give what he calls you to give? You can give by going to the upper right-hand corner of our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. And there is a button there that says Donate. Or you can write to me 
the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I'm asking the Lord if we're to have a day of prayer tomorrow or if I'm to teach. I've not heard yet. Friday, for sure, will be a day of prayer. I love you, my brother, my sister. I'm praying for you. Pray for me. I'll talk to you soon.